now this morning as we look into your word and your message for us. Uh, I just uh, invite you to be here with us and thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Most of you who have seen me teach before know I usually have props up here because it makes me feel more comfortable. I've had the heart up here, and I've had a ship up here, and I've had my coffee mugs. Where's Teresa? I've had my, my coffee mugs up here and all sorts of things. And, and today, uh, you all and myself are, are my props this morning. That's just the way I'm looking at it. Uh, my message this morning will be uh, on the community of Christ, us. Um, the local church and uh, our purpose here. Uh, the message will have lots of questions in it for you to reflect on and answer. Do you, do you like church? Do you like the people you go to church with? No show of hands here. Just just be thinking about these things. <laughs> Let me say that for every question I ask. I just ponder them in, in your hearts. Do you, do you love church? Do you love the people you go to church with? Do you look forward to Sunday morning? Do you look forward to seeing and greeting and connecting with one another? Do you come expecting to receive something from God, to receive something from the brothers and sisters of Christ that we worship with? Do you come ready with something to give, to offer to God? Do you come ready to offer something precious to the body of Christ? Do we see each other throughout the week? Do we call to check in? Do we pray? Do we help? Do we get together? Why is Lion and the Lamb and, and every other church body, every other local church here? What are we to be about? What are we to be doing? And are we doing it? Those are questions, and as I've mentioned, my message is full of questions. Hopefully uh, any answers will come right here a little bit later. But I'd like to challenge us this morning as I address the purpose of the local church and and talk about the reasons God has put us in community together with one another. The most valuable thing any of us has is our time, right? Not our money, it's our time. And so for us this morning and and most Sunday mornings to make time to be here uh, shows us and shows our Lord that meeting together is important to us. It's a priority. And that's the way... God intends it to be, and, and we don't come here just any time, do we? We come here in what I'd call prime time. Uh, we come here the first hours of the first day of the week, giving priority, our, our very best time, to corporately worship our God. Hebrews 10.25 says this, Do not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Our church is a very important part of our Christian lives, and it's intended to encourage one another, among many other things. Anyone need a little bit of encouragement lately? Um, Did you get it from anyone in this room? I sure have. Does anyone need any encouragement today? Um, I certainly pray that you'll receive that encouragement here. We need each other. I need you and you need me. And and you get my strengths with my weaknesses. Sorry. That's just the way it is. I like the the line that I've heard uh, for years and years, God isn't finished with me yet. Have you you used that excuse, I mean that line from time to time? God did not intend us to be lone ranger Christians. Uh, That's just not the way it works. C.S. Lewis wrote a lot about the idea because he struggled with it. We know he described himself as a reluctant convert to Christ. In uh, 
surprised by joy, he said several things that struck me. He preferred the notion that there was no God, but he sat alone at night feeling the unrelenting approach of him who I so earnestly desired not to meet. But once he was saved, then he began to struggle with the idea of church. And I think for a couple of reasons, from from reading a number of his writings, he, he really preferred his alone time, or certainly his small group time, especially walks outside, and they certainly became worship for him after he became a Christian. He said he liked being alone because talking blots out the signs and silent, sounds and silences of the out-of-door world. In another place, he said, our world is starved for solitude, silence, and privacy. And there certainly is a time and a need for being alone, isn't there, for, for being to ourselves, for meditating on God's Word. But this morning, we're going to focus primarily on our need for fellowship and for community. Secondly, I I believe he struggled with church because he struggled finding the right church. Um, He said that Protestants were busy taking away from the gospel and the Romans were busy adding to the gospel. Uh, In short, uh, he had a hard time finding the perfect church. And you know what? He never found it, did he? None of us have. Of course not. But he plugged into a local church like we have. The old joke goes something like this. I once heard of the perfect church, and it was, until I got there. (laughs) The church is made up of people, so it's far from perfect, but very, very important. And our society continues to push it lower and lower on the priority pole, doesn't it? Um, Our commitment here this morning shows that uh, it's at the top. Keep it at the top where you have it. As we begin to look to Scripture this morning, why were we given the church the body, the community of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12.12 says this, The body is a unit made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, and so it is with Christ. If you have your Bibles and want to open, open them this morning, we'll be spending quite a little time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll be reading verses 14 through 22, and speaking specifically to the body of Christ. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would neither for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The analogy there is to us, members of the local church, we all play an important role, an important part. We need each other. That's how we're designed. And we were designed by somebody that should know what our needs were, our Creator. Romans 12, and you don't need to turn there unless you'd like to later, but Romans 12 teaches that we all have different gifts. The body is made up of people gifted in serving, teaching, encouraging, 
giving generously, leading, showing mercy? Do you see yourself on that list? I bet you do. The list is not describing one person, is it? The list is describing a group of people, the community of Christ. It's describing us. And as I look around, I see people with all of those gifts. And praise God for each of you. The church needs you just as much as you need the church. The purposes of community in Christ are many, and let me share some more of them with you. We're to worship together. We've done that already this morning, and we'll be doing that again here shortly. Psalms 149.1 says this, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing His praises in the assembly of the saints. The assembly of the saints. For us today, that's the local church. Worship is a vital part of our life, a vital part of our church. Do you come excited to worship? Here come the questions again. Do you come excited to worship? We sure have good reason to worship God, don't we? And we're also to be taught in the local church. We're to be taught by example in the local church as well. We're not only to be taught from up front, but from one another's lives. Um, We appreciate Mike's teachings a ton because he's a gifted teacher. But I think we listen carefully to him because we've seen him live it out day in and day out. One's not much good without the other, is it? Are we teachable? Are we maturing as Christians in Christ? My confession here today, and I think I I shared with uh, several of you as I taught earlier, whenever I prepare to teach, I'm always really convicted by by the Lord. And and my conviction and, and my confession here today is that my talk is better than my walk. Okay? Anybody else have that struggle? Don't raise your hand. All right? I'm the only one who volunteered that information. Uh, my talk is better than my walk. Ouch. I, I was asked this week uh, what some of my favorite biographies are. Uh, Margie Brown, many of you know our school librarian here, is adding some uh, upper school biographies. So she just sent out a little email. What are some of your favorite biographies? And I shared one on Churchill that I'd read, one on Abraham Lincoln, and one that Teresa's read and I'm reading now on, on uh, Teddy Roosevelt. And was excited to share those with her. And, and then I had this thought. Would a biography about my life, written by someone who knows me best, wife, children, co-workers, friends, brothers, sisters, would it be the same, would it sound the same as an autobiography I would like to write about myself? Um, Ponder that. Uh, We want our walk and our talk to be the same, don't we? Having good role models through the local church is very, very important. Titus 2, 1 through 7 says this, You must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. We hear that up here regularly. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, love, and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. We're to teach and be taught by example. 
are we? Um, by the way, in that passage in Titus, I studied that a number of times. You know, the older women are the only ones not told to be self-controlled. And I'm assuming that's because they are self-controlled, right? That God didn't need to teach them that. All the rest of us really need to work on our self-control. <laughs> First Corinthians 15.33 says this, Bad company corrupts good character. We're to spend time with godly individuals who help us become more like Christ. And I know we're to be in the world, certainly sharing Christ, but we're not to be of the world. We're to spend time with godly individuals. Fellowship with the body of Christ can recharge our batteries. Are you spending time with the right people? Are you spending time with the right people? Another purpose of the local church is to correct and restore one another gently. Galatians 6, 1 through 2 says this, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Ever need to be restored or corrected? Sure, we all do. Do you handle it well? Uh, I appreciate what Mike says. Good criticism is hard to find. You all have heard him say that up here several times. That's true, but can I accept it if it's given to me by somebody who loves and cares about me? It's hard sometimes, isn't it? The other part of that verse uh, talks about carrying one another's burdens. Do you ever need help carrying a burden? You bet. We all do. It's kind of a silly question. Hebrews 10.24 talks about our need for being spurred on to do what's right, spurred on to do good works. It says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I don't know about you, but when I picture being spurred on, uh, I picture it hurting just a little bit. So we're to restore one another gently, as we're challenged in Galatians 6. But Hebrews 10 says we're to be spurred. Now, um, when I think of being spurred, I think of of being kicked. I think of... uh, uh, the horse and, and being spurred. I, I don't know if that's the correct analogy, but that sure is how I, how I picture it. But when I'm spurred, I think the idea is that it's to get me running fast in the right direction. And I think sometimes those of us who know us well know when we need spurred on, maybe a little kick as opposed to an arm on the shoulder. And I certainly think there's a time for both in the local church. Ever need it? Ever get it right here? I bet we have. Church is also a place where we're continually reminded that others are more important than us. Others are more important than us. What? How can that be? (laughs) Romans 12.10 says this, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Jesus, our, our example in Matthew twenty twenty six said this, He who wants to be great among you must be the servant of all. The church needs servant leaders. The world needs servant leaders. Are we willing to be feet washers? Foot washers? Feet washers. Are we willing to be servants? The community of Christ is also a place where we can sympathize and mourn with one another. Things aren't all roses all the time, are they? Far from it. We know the story in Job of the great losses that he endured. Job 2, 11 and 13 says this, When Job's three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, 
heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, all his great loss and his great pain and his great sickness and his great tragedy. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. And when they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud and they tore their robes and they sprinkled dust on their heads and they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. And no one said a word because they saw how great his suffering was. I can just picture that. I mean, it almost just brings uh, chills to me as I, as I share those words with you. Have you ever been with someone experiencing great emotional or physical pain? And, and I know we all have. And, and sometimes words are just, uh, they, they just aren't appropriate. Just being there. As a matter of fact, when Job's friends start talking, you know, some of their advice isn't so great. <laughs> they should just sit there for a while longer. <laughs> Many times, brothers and sisters in Christ need an arm around them, someone saying, I'm sorry, or, or maybe saying absolutely nothing at all, just, just being there. Have you ever not called someone who you knew was going through a difficult time because you didn't know what to say? Go ahead, make the call if God's placed them in your heart, and I, I believe he'll take it from there. And finally, the church provides a place for accountability. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, Life Together, a discussion of Christian fellowship, says this. Sin demands to have a man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is his isolation. Sin wants to remain unknown. It shuns light. In the darkness, it is unexpressed. It poisons the whole person. In confession, the light of the gospel breaks into the darkness. I had the privilege last month of taking part in a young man's uh, modern-day night ceremony uh, up in Wisconsin. And I read those words to him, and I said, basically, that sums up like this. If your alone time goes up, your, your sin goes up. If your fellowship time goes up, your sin goes down. We need to be accountable. We need to be in community. That's true for all of us, isn't it? Are you accountable to someone within this body or someone outside of this body? The purpose of Christian community, a place where we can worship, a place where we can be taught by sound doctrine, a place where we can be taught by life's examples, a place where we can be corrected and restored if we need to, a place where we can help carry one another's burdens, a place where we may occasionally need spurred on or kicked, a place to be selfless and not selfish, a place to be comforted and to comfort others. The Christian life was designed by our Creator to be lived in community, and for that, for us, that's the local church. That's Lion and Lamb. Over the last few weeks in our church, we've experienced or are about to experience births, deaths, weddings, funerals, comings, goings, triumphs, and tragedies. Life is full of great joy, and it is full of painful sorrows. That's just our experience here on this life, isn't it? Both are meant to be shared with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't go it alone. The community of Christ is a wonderful gift given to each of us by God. I know this morning these words were in many ways lots of 
review, but my challenge to all of us, and certainly to me, is, is simply to remember that we need the body of believers, and the body of believers needs us. Use your gifts among us. Let's pray. Lord, we are uh, thankful that you have put all of us together in this place. We're thankful that you've gifted us in unique and special ways to be able to minister to one another and to be able to exalt the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. And um, as we ponder the purpose of church and the purpose of our meeting together and the blessing it is to be here this morning with these folks, I just ask that, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us and help us to be exactly what you desire us to be. Lord, as we now worship you through song, Lord, we just lift up these words to you. In Jesus' name, amen.